I've been really blessed because I've been watching online the prayer and, you know, it's so incredible to see husbands and wives praying together. I mean, powerful. There's two things that stand out as in this prayer movement that is really blessing me. It's to see husbands and wives pray and families with parents and their kids. And I want to encourage you if you, you know, I know that there's, we've done some stats, which I think next week I'll share a few of them, but we've literally tallied all the prayer blocks and got a lay of the land of, you know, we have a winner that I'll announce next week of the, someone who has poured out far and far and above and beyond um, in just prayer blocks. And we're calling them, a, a, it's a prayer warrior, I'll I'm not going to announce even the gender or anything like that to give you guys. But next week, we have some people who have poured their life out like a drink offering, like a sacrifice before the Lord. And so anyway, next week we have some cool things to announce and share. But one encouraging thing is there's probably 150 people that have participated in the prayer blocks leading them, which I think is amazing. But a majority of those are people who have done it once and never again. <laughs> so what happened, folks? What happened to that one time you did it? Um, I'm hoping that it wasn't that bad <laughs> to pray to the Lord like that. But I want to encourage everybody. I want to encourage husbands and wives to pick a block and go pray together. Really. I want to encourage those of you with kids to bring your kids and come and pray as a family. This is a powerful thing. This is, a, this is a, a test from the Lord for this community. And it's not for him, it's for us. We have the opportunity to respond to God. And I truly believe with all my heart, he is saying to us folks, will you persevere in accommodating me? Will you just kind of after the big thrill of it, you're just going to move on. Oh, that's been there, done that. That was nice. Folks, we're talking about prayer, the very foundation of communion with God. And I want to encourage you, if you have a hard time with two hours, see Kurt. He'll give you your hour. Come just one hour. Read the word, pray. But we got to as a whole body engaged, not just a hundred of us and, and a third of them of those hundred and some, one time. In a hundred days. Think about that. Let that settle in a little. This isn't like, let's come and do some special ops. No, this is like, let's come and commune with the living God. That's what we're after. So I want to encourage you. I feel like I have a real message from the Lord. My heart's been heavy for the body lately. I've been I've been really just saying, God, we need intervention. I think the prayer block I did this last week, all I did is pray for increase. Increase your manifest presence in the midst of the church because she is desperate for your intervention. We're very humanistic. We're very limited by our human ability. And so anyway, I want to I talk a little bit about this. And, you know, we've been talking about a lot a lot of the messages have been charging the church to rise up higher and pursue the Lord and go after a more intense relationship. Let him mature you as part of his body. And many of you are breaking free. Many of you are like breaking free from complacency and fear and all kinds of things like this. But I want every single one of you to hear, step out. Take a risk to grow in God. This is the hour for it. This is the day of preparation to prepare our hearts and become what God needs us to be for this great harvest. So many new people are coming. So many people are being engaged. They're stepping out. They're taking risks. They're, they're, they're getting out of their comfort zones. That's what we need. We need to press in, folks. Oh, did you feel the urgency of my plea? Well, okay, that's, that, at least I reached a small portion because the response said about 20%. So, come on, folks. Go on this journey today with me. Um, 
I want to preach today out of Psalm 135. So open your Bibles. And we're just going to, if you wonder what I said today, just read Psalm 135 and it'll all come back to you. And I really want to give some clear, all life group leaders, raise your hands. Okay, I want to give real clear instruction this week. Read Psalm 135. Don't start out with any questions of, does anyone have any questions about the message? Don't start out. Just go to Psalm 135 and read it together as a people and then start talking about how it applies to your life. Okay? Let's get right to some really aggressive, powerful growth moments in our life groups this week. So Psalm 135. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, you servants of the Lord. And if you wonder what servants is, it's those who serve in the house of the Lord. Servants are those who serve. I know that's profound, right? I know you're all scratching your head saying, wow, what a revelation, Sean. Preach this morning. But I think we forget about these things. We gloss over these things. If you're not serving in the house of the Lord, you're not a servant. Oh, come on. The deacon prays, says amen. <laughs> this word praise is halal. It means to boast on the Lord. And folks, we don't do enough boasting. We don't do enough praising. I'm telling you, really. I mean, this message is simple. It's so simple. And you know what? It reveals the simplicity of this word in Psalm 135. Everyone say Psalm 135. You all know what I preached on this week. See? It's about praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Halal. Boast on the Lord. There's a lot of range of meanings in different verses. To make a show of the Lord. To rave about the Lord. To celebrate to shine the Lord, to talk about his renowned greatness. We don't know how to praise folks. I'm telling you, I really don't. As the senior pastor of the church, I'm telling you, probably 20% of the church knows how to praise. To make a show and boast of the Lord. Yeah, I'm not talking about one thing like, praise you, Lord. I'm talking about skillfully declaring the amazingness and the greatness of God and shifting atmospheres, shifting situations, declaring his name with power, releasing it. Praise, praise, praise. So praise the Lord. Praise you, the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, you servants of the Lord who serve in the Lord's temple, in the courtyard of the temple of God. Praise the Lord because he is good. There you have it, folks. You have the only reason that we praise. Because he is good. Listen, this is not, this is not some simple amen thing because some of you don't know this. You think you know it, but you don't know it. Because if you did, whenever anything happened, any terrible circumstance, when you didn't feel good, you'd sign up for a prayer block because you're, you're like, I'm coming down to the gym of the Holy Ghost because I got to praise him. Why? Because I feel like trash and he is worthy and I'm going to praise him. Because praise is about him, not you. This stuff is profound, but I'm telling you, it'll change your life. If you really understood that praise was about doing it because he's good, you wouldn't give excuses like, I'm just tired. Well, it doesn't matter if you're tired. You praise him because he's good, because it's about him, because he's worthy, because you want to boast on him. Well, I'm too busy. Well, it doesn't matter, right? Because it doesn't matter about your busy life. It's about him. This is what praise is about. Praise is about God, not you. Praise is about his goodness, not you or your inadequacies or your fear or your turmoil or your trials. It's about him because he's good. It's about him because he's good. We pray because he's good. We pray because he's worthy. 
We pray because he is God. I mean, get it in your hearts and your minds and think about it. And listen, I'm not talking about like, because I've said it a million times, I want to just galvanize it. If you pray at home and haven't been to a prayer block, good for you. But my hunch is if you can't make it to a prayer block to pray in the household of faith, you aren't praying. And I'll say, if you pray alone in your prayer closet, good for you. Bring your wife and pray in public. Bring your kids and pray in public. Read the word. I'm telling you, my heart melts. I see people like the Tangways. There's many. Tangways, Weymouth, they just line their kids up, and they're all reading. One day I was, I was listening because one of the young kids was reading about fornication <laughs> and sinning outside of marriage and knowing women before the right time, right? And I'm going, well, I guess that's healthy, right, for a six- or eight-year-old to just read about this in the Word? But I was just chuckling. I was warming my heart because I'm like, here he is, like reading straight through the word. I think maybe, Rob, you must have gone to the bathroom and something like just said, hey, kids, keep praying. Keep reading the word. I'll be right back. (laughs) I just thought it was great, though. I was like, this is why kids were healthy in the Bible. Because they were reading about all manner of life and giving glory to God. And, and no matter what age, they were reading truth and getting it ingrained in their hearts. We're going to keep moving on because I'm going to make this short so no one can forget the simplicity of what I'm talking about today. Praise the Lord. Praise is about him. Praise the Lord because he is good. Praise his name because it brings such joy. And what he is saying here is you praise God because he is good, period. And then he's like, and besides, there's so many other benefits. It blesses you. It brings you joy. And it just begins to break down in this psalm. Like, there are so many benefits of praising the Lord. The Lord chose Jacob to be his own. The point is, it's about God. God does the choosing. Yes, he chose Israel to be his own people. Folks, he chose you to be his child. He chose you. It's about him, not you. And we just need this simple jolt because we are so absorbed with ourselves, church. It is. It's about, well, I've done this. I do this. It's all about ourself, our self-engrandizement, our self-needs. Everything's about us, what our rights are, what our preferences are, what we want, what we feel God's leading us for, which halftime is a wild card to get people off your back. Well, the Lord spoke to me. That's a bunch of Bull honky. Really? People use that all the time. Well, the Lord spoke to me. He did not speak to you. That's the furthest thing God would speak to you. Your life is a mess. Start with the basics. Demonstrate your ability to hear from God by like serving and engaging in prayer, letting your progress be known to all. See, That's the first sign. If you think your faith is a private affair between you and God, that is part of it. But you are wrong. You are defying some of the clear scripture. Make your progress evident to all. That is a public charge. Your life is in a glass house for all to see the glory of God released in it. And the reason you don't want it to be on public display is because you're ashamed You're embarrassed because you know you're not living it. Hey, I still love you. Thanks. At least someone said, ouch. Someone's being honest in this place today. But I'm telling you, folks, this is the hour God is calling us to grow, to come out of our dead religion, because that's all it is. It's dead religion. Come on, this this is good. This has a happy ending. Verse 5, I know the Lord is great. 
Our Lord is greater than all the gods. Come on, guys. Give a shout or something. Our God is greater than all the gods. Okay. Praise the Lord. Amen, Bruce. Listen to verse 6. The Lord does whatever he wants. In heaven and on earth, in the seas and the deep oceans. We're talking about God. We're talking about why we praise God. He is good. He's God. He's the creator. But I want to hit this hard because I truly believe, folks, one of the greatest dilemmas the church is in is because we've made our own God. We make our own God the way we want him. We make our own Jesus. You say, oh, I don't make my own gods. Jesus is my God. Well, yeah, it's probably your version of Jesus. Your version of Jesus. Though, What you want out of God, you make him to be. He doesn't need you to understand who he is because you can't understand. We can't understand God. He does what he wants. Now, I want to I wanna quickly frame this in just a little bit because the key is that must disil- much of the disillusionment that you have in your heart about religion and God is that we have expectations of how God should do things. This is called idolatry. You fashioning your own God. And you know, I ask yourself, I, I, if, if the Lord wills, I'd love to get into the names of God next week and talk about how our perversion with culture has caused us to make our own Jesus. And I want to, just some of the top ones, like, is your Jesus the caring Jesus, which is a perversion of Jehovah Rohi, the shepherd, You are mesmerized by the warmth, relationship, and familiarity with God at the expense of all other aspects of God. See, that's the problem. You take one aspect of God and you go, I like that part of Jesus. And so you're like, he loves me. I could do whatever I want. I could go sin. I could offend the living, holy God. I can go and do whatever I want. I can be my God, but he still loves me. You get where I'm going? And I'll tell you what, the he is righteous name of God is in tension with this he is the shepherd who cares for you, God. All these things put together, all these aspects of God form this one God. And all these aspects of God as love, God as judge, God as the holy one, God as I am here, All of those are the same unchanging God. And so if you push him to where you absolutely are stubborn and stiff-necked and live your own life, then this shepherd God turns to God of judge and begins to release judgment in hopes he can win your soul to him. Are you following me this We love to compartmentalize and solo things so we can make it simple enough for us to understand. Some of you have the American dream Jesus. He's that, he's the the corruption and overemphasis of Jehovah Jireh and prosperity to where you're like, God would never have me go without what I uh, want. And so everything in your life is about the Lord, Jehovah Jireh, hallelujah, prosperity when you are pursuing wealth above him. Guys, I want to be real. And I'm telling you, I truly believe we're in a season where God wants to pour out wealth. But I'll tell you, it is a fearful season where he's releasing the fear of the Lord to where we respond appropriately. If not, we will be judged for doing wrongly and stewarding wrongly. I won't be, it won't be, you know, there's, a, there's this, this prophetic word out there that's just basically saying that many churches 
don't preach the truth, and many churches are afraid to preach just the hard truth about God and what he's doing, and that shepherds will be judged for this. Well, I will not be judged. Just mark this today when you say, wow, that was a rough message. Well, I'm not going, I'm not going to be like standing there and him say, why didn't you have the strength to preach rightly the word of the Lord? Well, you guys all experience your witnesses today, so I am not trying to be mean. I'm trying to be so truthful because God has loving mercy and wants us to respond. This is not a heavy hammer. You're going to hell. It's, listen, we need to respond to God because we are not necessarily passing the test as a whole community with just, you know, what do they call it? Like flying colors, whatever. We got to grow. We got to actually surrender and trust God. You know, the, the people who follow the American dream, Jesus, they have a hard time with any kind of trial. And we're promised trials and tribulations to make our faith perfect and our patience stunningly strong. When I go through a trial, the first thing I do is I don't rebuke the devil. I actually go to the Lord and say, Father, can you let me see this trial from your perspective? Am I needing to adjust and realign my heart? Are you trying to get my attention? That's the first thing I do. Lord, am, am I wrong? Is there something that's out of alignment that's causing this to happen, this open door for the enemy to come in? And then once I do that, he may say, yeah, Sean, you know, you've gotten a little lax. You've gotten a little familiar with me. Don't you remember who I am? And then you're like, oh, Lord, that's right. Okay, forgive me, Father. I repent. I change the way I think. I pray you increase the fear of the Lord in my life that I hate sin, that I rever you, and I know you are closer than a brother, more dear than a mother. But you are also the living God who released angels of death over a city that was in great, gross, unrepentant sin. You are a holy God full of righteousness anger. And so I ask him, and then when I know my heart's right, I'm like, devil, out of this place, out of my life, out of my circumstances, I command you to go. And then I begin to take authority as someone who's repented and has a pure heart and sought the Lord to make sure you're not swinging this sword all over when it's really your problem. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise him. Keep it alive. Oh, how about the um, theological Jesus? You have a theological Jesus. This is like the perversion of I am here. I am present, right? So it's the theological Jesus as those of you who are so heady. You have no earthly good. You have no practical application of the word. It's all up here. Everything's these grand ideas and you love just getting together to pontificate. Let's just talk about all this stuff, but do nothing. How about the toke the ghost Jesus? Do you, anyone know what toke the ghost Jesus is? Just raise your hand. If Well, there's this stream that used to pass around a baby Jesus. Oh, wow, yes, I just took a hit. Yes, here, have one. It's uh, trying to reach the drug culture, and, and they use Jesus as a way of getting high in the Holy Spirit, right? This really happens. Go online. Well, no, don't go online. <laughs> what am I saying? But to talk the ghost Jesus is someone who loves experience with the spiritual realm and love experience with God. Like I said, folks, all these expressions are good when they're all together. When righteousness and truth and relationship and all these aspects of who God is are brought together. Jehovah Jireh. And these people are those who make Jesus into this big, giant, 
Holy Spirit experience instead of being coupled with the word, with righteousness, with holiness, with character, the whole fullness of God. And so everything, everything is this incredible experience, but yet some of these people's life is a train wreck, completely unstable, completely unfounded in truth and sanity. Anyway, that's our excursion. The Lord does what he wants, and God doesn't change. He's very much the same. He's, God's nature is so dependable, but you don't know what aspects or mixes of his nature are going to be expressed. And so some of you like to simplify it to where you whittle him down to one expression, and that is not God. God is not a single-faceted expression. He is a multifaceted. They call him the many-breasted ones. He's a source of nourishment from many different angles and directions. God's complex, so complex, none of us in this room can fully comprehend him. Get that? When you think you figured out God, you have slid into arrogance and spiritual pride. We need to pray. We need to wait on the Lord so that we could hear and obey. Do you realize that, folks? Listen, this isn't some gimmicky thing that we're doing with prayer. God showed up and said, will you accommodate me? And we're not just in this thing because it's a fad. And in the beginning, I thought, oh, this is, this is like going to just sweep New England and turn into this flaming revival. And then I was brought to the real dilemma of how infantile the church is as a whole how infantile the leaders are of, our, of the big C church, how immature believers are to where we haven't even pr passed prayer 101 as a church. How do you say that, Sean? We're doing 24-7 for almost 100 days. Yeah, well, only probably 30, 40% are even involved once in 100 days. Once. One time. One time. That tells me, wow, we need prayer. We need God to intervene and awaken our hearts to where we can commune with him as a whole body. Are you with me? Are you getting my heart here? It's like an awakening to realize we need God. And prayer is the very essential foundation and basis. Communion with God so that we could hear from Him and not our noise. We need so much help in learning to obey the voice of God and, and knowing how to even hear God. I'm telling you, if, if I see another person who misses God consistently and constantly pulls the God card and said, well, God spoke to me. Really? What did he speak to you previously that actually panned out well? That's my next question. Oh, the Lord spoke to me. And, and by the way, the same kind of people, God speaks to them and changes his mind constantly. One day, it's God spoke to me this. The sky is red. The next day, the sky is yellow. That's a bad analogy. Sky does change different colors, but like, yeah, God spoke to me to leave my job. And then the next day, God spoke to me to stay at the job. Next day, God spoke to me like to move out of the state. Like, what is, where are you going? God's not with you. He's not doing this. He is not like all over the place. God will speak to you and he'll prepare it and he'll confirm it. And this is what some of you, you say, oh, I just can't even hear God. No, that's a lie. The Bible says, my sheep will hear and know my voice. You can hear God and know his voice. And everyone's different. My wife, she hears God in a totally different way than me. I kind of get this very general sense, like, this is it. And I can convey it in words. Stephanie's like, 
hears God laugh at her and make jokes. And I'm like, wow, that's wild. Like, you know, I've never heard God laugh at me. Like, ha ha, Sean, trust me, everything's fine. Well, Stephanie hears it like that. She like hears these and sees God laugh and things like that. I get this general sense and direction. It's just like, boom, it's in my heart. And I'm like, oh, wow. And I developed that not overnight. I heard from the, I quote unquote, heard the Lord speak in my heart. And I'd write it down, and then sometimes I'd have to test him, and I'd have to go and, and see, did I really hear from God or I didn't? And then I would start using it in small circumstances. And then I'd go to bigger things, like what kind of job to choose. And then I'd keep going, and then I'd start using it for things like, who should my wife be? Lord, would you bring that about? Would you make that clear? Can you help me see it? Can you confirm it? See, hearing from God is about a process that takes years to develop and get your hearing right. Is it me? Is it the devil? Is it God? Prayer is the context where all of that happens. Prayer, journaling, then going and doing what you feel like God said if it lines up with the Bible. And then say, did you bring, one, one time I was in a bus stop, I was at, at BU at college and this was years and years ago when I was really interviewing, you know, saints in the Lord that really demonstrated this communion with God. And I said, how do you learn God's voice? And this woman said, you need to pray and keep a journal and write things down and then experiment. Like, so one day I'm at BU and I felt like the Lord said, go down to the bus stop. And so I was like, oh, I think I just heard from the Lord. So I wrote this in my journal, and then I went to the bus stop, and I'm just like sitting there praying like, there's going to be a divine appointment. I know it. Well, I had expectations. And after, I felt like the Lord said, good job. At least you responded, and you did what I said to do. So I went back, and I wrote in my journal, wow, I, I had expectations. I was going to have this incredible divine appointment, and it didn't happen. Did I miss God? But then I felt like the Lord said, I just wanted to see if you would obey me. I want to train you in these insignificant things. And then the next week, I had my heart start pounding in the middle of the T in Boston, and I felt like the Lord said, start to witness to people. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. And so I did. I started doing that. And I, every time, I just said, Lord, I don't want to be hardened, because when you don't listen, your heart is hardened. When you respond and you become pliable, then you even know what the pressure of the enemy is and condemnation versus the, the, the prompting of the Lord to say, hey, would you try to obey me this time? But prayer is the context, folks. That's why this whole prayer thing, I'm convinced that at least at this stage, it's not for anybody else but us. And Lord, help us. If we can join together with some other leaders and churches and get together and build some unity, great. But I'll tell you what, look around this room. This is what this 24-7 prayer thing is for. It's for us to, to commune and learn the voice of the Lord. For us to function together and pray together and grow in communion as a body together. That's why I'm challenging husbands and wives to come. Bring your kids. Take an hour. If, if the rest is too much for you, if two hours is too much. They're great at coaching, too. If you say, Kurt, I'm going to step out here, but I don't know what to do. What do I do? He'll be, he'll be like, hey, no problem. I wasn't good at this either, but like, I'll, I'll show you. Just start to pray what's in your heart. Read the Bible. Respond to it and pray. Read the Bible. Respond to it and pray. And, well, what do, I, what do I read? Well, just do the old Holy Spirit drop the Bible trick. It's just drop it wherever it opens, start reading. It's all about experiencing and, and working this stuff out. Verse 7, he brings the clouds from the other side of the earth. He sends the lightning and the rain. This is all God breaking down. What does it mean to be greater than other gods? Well, from this, he opens doors to release the winds. God is so cool. Like, can you just imagine being God? 
Angels released the, the, the door number 1,219 over Asia. They need some more wind to blow. Angel number, open up the hatch, number 27,212. New Hampshire needs rain. And all of this, all at the same time, balancing the weather patterns that he is God over all other gods. He is the God of weather. He destroyed the firstborn males of the people in Egypt and their animals. He is the God of life and death. He gives life. He takes life away. He used them against Pharaoh and his officials. He defeated many nations and killed powerful kings. God is the God over human government. I want you guys to get that. Like, if you are really stressed out about our world we live in, I want to challenge you. You just need a little bit of praising time. A little bit of time to come and pray and read the word and thank him for how great he is. And you're like, oh, <laughs> human government, corruption, gross darkness, no problem. <laughs> God is over all human government. And I'll tell you what, sometimes it takes him a long time until he releases judgment. He is so slow to, to, he is so patient, he is so slow to anger, so kind, but there is a point where the God of righteousness rises up and says, enough is enough, I won't take any more injustice, and he slams his fist, and ripple effects begin to annihilate injustice. But will we trust him, folks? Well, we trust him as the God who is overall. And some people have become disillusioned and said, oh yeah, well, God's not there anymore. He's letting all this happen. Folks, do not misjudge a perfect, holy, just God. He is good. And his mercy and his loving kindness will be demonstrated to the ends of the earth. You just need to repent and say, I trust you, Lord, and begin to pray and let the church rise in such greatness that we begin to release the prayers of the saints, which is like laser beams releasing manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and powers of darkness. See, we need a faith adjustment to realize we are the ones who need to be awakened and stirred to be able to do the work of bringing judgment upon wickedness. He's like, yeah, my church, I've, I've created my church to be a vessel of releasing judgment against wickedness. But they are still sleeping. They won't even pray. Well, I pray in my prayer closet. Well, good. Well, now you can pray with others in the body where we become a corporate expression, a battering ram. You're not going to batter ram principalities and powers. He's called the church too. He said the church, I will release through my church the manifold wisdom of God to batter principalities and powers. You weren't designed to do it. Read your Bible. You were designed to cultivate your garden and cultivate yourself to be a vessel to where you fit in with others and together these parts create this death ray to the enemy. You see, and unless your part connects with my part and we connect with other parts, we aren't that vehicle of destruction to death and darkness and wickedness. It takes us coming together. It takes us being prepared. All of us in our diversity. Remember that message of priest, diversity and participation. Lord, people will remember. Wait, no, we weren't there. Let's see. Lord, verse 13, your name will be famous forever. Lord, people will remember you forever and ever. The Lord defends his people. He's kind to his servants, those who serve in the temple of the Lord. The gods of other nations are only gold and silver and idols that people have made. They have mouths but cannot speak. What do you think that is? It's the ability to communicate and commune and declare. Pray. They have eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear. They have mouths but no breath. 
Verse 18, those who make idols and trust in them will become just like the idols they've made. No communion with God. Eyes, wisdom with no applied truth. Not led by the Spirit. See, mouths are about communicating in prayer. Eyes are about wisdom, the didache, the applied truth, seeing how truth applies. Wisdom. Ears are about being led by the Spirit. It's about sonship, maturity. Mouths, but have no breath. It's about something having life. So if we make idols, like I talked about these false Jesuses, or highlighting one aspect of God without all the others combined, then we become those who have no communion with God, no wisdom or applied truth in our life, where no leadership of the Spirit, no maturity, and no abundant life. Family of Israel, praise the Lord! Aaron's family, praise the Lord! Levi's family, praise the Lord! Come on, I need your help. Say, praise the Lord. Let's try that again. This is going to be fun. Family of Israel, praise the Lord. Aaron's family, praise the Lord. Levi's family, praise the Lord. All you who worship the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, now we're having fun. The Lord should be praised from Zion, from Jerusalem, his home. It's the Lord. Oh, come on. So, Psalm conveys the importance of praise and prayer, using your mouth to declare the glory of God, using your eyes to apply truth to your life that there's transformation, using your ears to be led by the Spirit into sonship and maturity, using your mouth to breathe as a living organism of God. There was a young person who had a dream this week and I thought it was so appropriate. I don't have it here, but I'm going to just kind of summarize this dream. But he basically saw a bunch of us in the church, and there was a bright red coffin up front. And, when the, and then we were all at a big funeral for this person in the red coffin. And when it opened up, it was Jesus with his eyes taken out and with no mouth. And I said... This is the word of the Lord for the hour. Because God is calling us to have a funeral for our false Jesuses. For our idols. For the Jesuses that we've made with no mouth and no eyes. And that's what this psalm is all about. This psalm is about repenting and turning away from the Jesuses that we've made and turning to the one and only, complex, great, above all other gods, Jesus, that is complex and multifaceted and does what he wants. And for us to repent of all our disillusionments and the ways we've been let down because he didn't do what we wanted him to do. For giving up on prayer because, oh well, it doesn't amount to anything. Unbelief. All of these things instead of coming. Do you see the contrast between that and, oh Lord, you are so wonderful. You make my heart sing. Praise you, Lord. In the midst of trial, praise you, Lord. Lord, whatever. You are my God. I do not question you. I trust you. I trust in your goodness. Lord, is there anything I can do to respond, to obey? See the difference? Oh, I can't believe this is happening right now. Lord, what could possibly be going on right now? What, what's, what are you doing in this situation? It's like what Steph shared the other day about this big calamity of cow, this cow calamity. And the first thing she did wasn't start saying, God, this is ridiculous. What is going? She said, Lord, what are you doing here? Do you want me to go back and witness to somebody? What, what are you trying to say? See, it's not pointing the finger. So many of you are so good at pointing the finger. First thing you do is go, it was them 
It was my woman. <laughs> the woman made me did it. My wife, my girlfriend. It was a pastor. So let's just have a summary here before this call. We are to praise the Lord. It is a command. We're, we're to praise him only because of him. This is the summary of my message. We're to praise him because he is the Lord. He is greater than all gods. We need to surrender the gods we've created. We need to repent for our disillusionments because God didn't do things the way we wanted them done. When it wasn't our business, we are not God. And we're to turn to the Lord, the one who controls the weather, life and death, human government. And we're, be, we're, we're supposed to open our mouths. We're supposed to pray. Open our mouths. Communicate with God. Apply the truth to our hearts with our eyes so we can see. Use our ears to be led by the Spirit and become mature sons and daughters. Use our mouths to breathe the breath of God and demonstrate abundant life on this earth. Lord, today we have a funeral for dead religion. And Lord, we come today and we come to this coffin, whatever it is, that which we've deemed to be redemption, to be Jesus, when it's only been one aspect that we've blown out of proportion and held on to because we like that aspect. And Lord, forgive us for trying to control even who you are and how you operate. Forgive us, Lord, for just not even be willing to accommodate you. The whole idea of that is that we have no say. The whole idea of accommodation is that we give you full freedom to be who you want to be and to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Forgive us for our striving and our humanistic expectations. Come on, right now. Just come on, respond. Come on, right now. I feel like the Lord is speaking to some of your hearts, very specific things. Expectations you've had, things that you've, you need to let go of today. This is going to be a funeral for our idolatry, a funeral for our dead religion, a funeral for all of our human constructs that have misaligned and limited God and not accommodated him. Come on, right now, I just want to respond. We're just going to respond, and then we'll see what the Lord does. But respond, you and God, right now. And when you respond, ask him to give you action steps. What can I do to change the way I've lived? What can I do, Lord? How can I be different? If it's been prayerlessness, commit to go to the crossing gym of prayer. Put yourself out there. Lord, I just pray for your spirit to be able to speak to human hearts today as you are an expert at. I pray that this would be drenched with the spirit of the living God, with revelation, understanding, open eyes. Rip the scales off, Father, this morning. Let us see you. Let us see your purposes, your plans at this funeral, that there'd be a mourning and a releasing of our idols and entrance into resurrection life, new life, new relationship and communion with God. Father, right now, I just pray. I see the, the blanket being ripped off this body. 
that there would be a release of hunger and thirsting and prayer again from sincere hearts. Ripping off disillusionment, ripping off discouragement. Come on. Come on, respond to God. Come on, just respond to God. Please don't talk anywhere in this whole room. No one in the back, no one by the cafe. Please, please just take a few minutes, please. I just beg of you to just give God a little bit of your attention. Give him your heart. Give him your time. Give him a chance to do something fresh in your heart, to align your heart. above all gods above all idols morning when I woke up, I heard the Lord specifically say to me that I'm bringing my people on a progression of hearing my voice. Pretty neat that it's what Sean is bringing this morning, and it's true. We are being prepared for greater partnership with God in this day and age, and it requires it as a people and as individuals that we can hear His voice so that we can do what He did. Even Israel in the wilderness gives us a prototype that they only moved when the cloud moved. They only moved when the pillar of fire moved, they were governed and led by the presence, by the Spirit. In the same way, we are learning to be moved by the Spirit of God to stay in alignment with what God is doing in every time and every season and every work that He's called us to do. But we are being prepared to go into greater progressions of partnership as we learn to hear His voice. And part of that is being willing to step out under the leadership of the Spirit to obey the unctions, the obey the moments. You know, last night I was at a youth conference as well, and we were worshiping, and it was kind of plateauing. They were going through their normal set, but then this young, like, 12-year-old girl, trembling, felt like she had a song from the Lord. And she gets on stage and just starts singing it in the entire room, and everything starts shifting and brings us to a whole other place in the Spirit as a result of the obedience to the voice of the Lord and then the willingness of a community to go there and let the Holy Ghost be God in their midst. And we see that a lot here, but God is going to mature us in this in a greater way. Amen? And one of the things that I've heard recently as well, very clearly, part of staying on point is God is going to raise up the voice of the prophets in a greater measure. There's a prophetic anointing that's going to come where the word of the Lord is going to come with such sharpness and clarity to direct. And listen, there's a time with what Sean is saying about alignment and government where we are blind to many things. It is the prophetic voice that cuts through delusions and stupors and misconceptions to reveal things from heaven's perspective. 
And so I'm just telling for us as well, be prepared for many hard words that are going to come forth through diverse means and individuals and people. Because when God is trying to align his church, you better believe that there will be a prophetic spirit released and prophets, governmental authoritative voices that are going to come, they're going to be like holy goes into the heart to help bring alignment and refinement and move us forward in the will of God. So, man, blessed is the one who is not offended by the Lord. And I'm saying, oh God, may our hearts be prepared not to be offended by God when he speaks hard things to us because he does it for love. He does it for his namesake, his purpose sake, and for the maturity of the bride. Amen? So Karen Kelly came up to me felt compelled like she had a song in her heart and I just wanted to make room. I felt like there was something on it. I I don't know the song, but we're going to trust the Lord for her just to release what's in her heart. Do this. So team, she's just going to sing this acapella for a moment and then we'll go afterwards, okay? Amen. Just release what's in your heart, okay? You tell me, say it down, shut up and just behave. Don't rock the boat and don't make waves. You say you're making me uncomfortable, so get back in your box. Keep your opinion to yourself. I'll let you know if you can talk. You're trying to remake me in your own image, it seems. Then wonder why your ears can't hear and why your eyes can't see. You're trying to control me because you are afraid. Then wonder why you're dead inside and why your heart's in chains. You've let the things that you can see determine your belief. Held fast to dead theologies that only brought you grief. And all you have to show for it, a God who's not alive, who does nobody any good, just stands there idly by. You've traded me, the living God, for religion that is dead. Then wandered around worthlessly, a body with no head. But all the wild dark marches on drags people to its grave. While you crouch hiding in some church, just praying to be saved. My love, that is enough. My hand is here to shake. The time for sleeping is long past. I tell you now I'll wake. My heart can't take it anymore. So come, be who you are. Come walking all I gave to you and paid for with my scars. Don't let my blood be spilled in vain While evil takes what's yours I've gifted you the whole wide world Come access heaven's doors And with your faith lay hold of them And pull them to the earth Unsheathed the sword that's in your mouth, release me through your words. Then stand in awe and watch me move and change all that you see. There's certain things I cannot do until someone believes. I wait on you to do your part. So I can do mine too. 
Because, my love, there's vital things, you know, that each of us must do. So come, build with me till time has passed. I'm longing, love, for you. just receive that for a moment. Lord, I just thank you for your words today. I pray that you expose those broken cisterns that we have hewn for ourselves where we have forsaken the fountain of living water. Where we've exchanged the glory of God corruptible images and idols.